Hello and welcome to Let's Talk version of BTP Podcast. I am, as always, joined by Dan. Hey there, Dan. How are you? Hey there, my man. How's it going? How are you? Happy holiday season, my man. Happy holiday yep. season. Happy holiday season. Exactly. It's a, it's a lovely time of the year. Uh, that beautiful oh, snow man, falling down. I'm excited for this time. It's just one of the best time of the year. Full of excitement. A lot of opportunities. I'm getting closer to writing out my New Year's resolution. Because it's one of my traditions I do every year. And, uh, of course, a lot of people just uh, forget their New Year's resolution by uh, January 15th of that same year. <laughs> but I'm just getting really excited right now about preparing my New Year's resolution. And life is just wonderful. Well, amazing. Um, and speaking of holidays, this is the time that, you know, a lot of people don't have to work as much. They're probably on on uh, on taking leaves or, or exploring other stuff. And I personally, one of my personal uh, activities that I really like is to read a lot more books than I would usually read. And um, so so uh, so hence the topic of this today's uh you know, uh, episode. We're going to be talking about a few books that we can, uh, we've read and we've loved, and, um, and we, we're going to talk, talk about why they're so exciting and why we recommend this to you. Um, and uh, and yeah, that, that we're going to go from there. But before so we're that, we're going to go for book recommendations as holiday gifts. Pretty much, yeah. This is That's our gift awesome. to you. But of yeah, course, for those who are readers, they can, you know, buy themselves that gift and they can read the book for themselves. And, th- and then hand it on to somebody else to read. That, that, awesome. That's an amazing thing Love to do. Love it. And, Bravo. Uh, but we, before we go there, uh, how's, how's your book coming along? Well, first of all, actually, uh, I'm working on it on a daily basis. But as, as I m- mentioned earlier, I am uh, more of an extrovert, so I can't write right. a lot. And the book, inter- the first draft is almost uh, basically uh, about 70% done. But of course, I'm working on it. I'm trying to keep the book as short as possible. So one of the biggest challenges of this book that I have is how can I express my ideas and my method in as concise and short a method as possible? Because my audience for this book are polyglots and language learners. And as we know, language learners are pressed for time uh, to learn languages, and they have not a lot of time to sit for hours and read books. So my biggest challenge for this book right now is to make it as short as possible. But I'm working on it, of course, on an almost daily basis. And I try to, you know, putting the stuff in there. And hopefully we're going to actually publish the book by April 29th of 2019. So All I'm right. excited about this matter, man. And, uh, of course, we're going to have the book and the audiobook. This, this, uh, my book will be uh, basically uh, always uh, sold with the audio version uh, because I really believe in the power of audiobooks. I myself am an auditory learner, so I love audio. And every book will include the audio version, uh, basically. And it's going to be unabridged and narrated by me. Amazing. That's uh, that's that's awesome. Okay, so we dive in. Uh, I'm gonna start with the book that I um, I know that you've read, so we can come uh, come from a mutual ground. And that book is Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari, um, one of my favorite authors. Dude, my mind just blew. Sorry, we can't record <laughs> the podcast, man. My mind is already blown out. I can't do anything. <laughs> Amazing. So now actually, go ahead. Why Why is your mind blown? That's a good way Dude, to Dude, I did not, I repeat, I did not expect to find the information I found in that book. When I first saw it, Homo Dios and A Brief History of Future, quite frankly, what really intrigued me, there were actually two things that really intrigued me. Because first, when I went to the bookstore, I saw this book, uh, you know, the title uh, basically was very amazing. And there was this, you know, the somehow mini statue of this author in the bookstore, which looked very cool. Oh, Quite nice. frankly, I did not pick the book because I felt like this is the kind of book I want to read. It was really random. It was a top bestseller. 
and a lot of hype surrounding it. So I was like, you know what? It's a cute title. Nice, nice thing. Let's go for it. Because I usually don't read a lot of you know, high-tech books because my focus is mainly on uh, basically business management and psychology. So I feel like, you know, this is pretty cool. Let's give it a shot. And dude, when I started reading this book, I was like, is this what, am I like Neo in the movie Matrix? And I'm like <laughs> seeing the friggin' Matrix right now. Right. It was unbelievable because ironically, even though the book is called A Brief History of the Future, it actually begins talking about our past a little bit as right. well. So right. it's not just about the future. And it's, it includes a lot of great photos and photography from the history of humanity and how everything is going to be changed in the near future. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm an optimist, let's be honest, and I believe in a lot of good things, but I never thought that the very technology that we love and cherish so much can be such a dangerous thing if it's out of control. And that was really when I felt like, dude, I, I, I'm literally seeing the future of humanity unfolding in front of me page by page. And I was like, wow, am I even ready for this information? I, I, I don't even feel like I'm ready for that information because it seemed way above and beyond what I was capable of understanding at that time. But of course, and, and trust me, there were times where I literally would read a couple of pages and then I would just literally walk around the room and think about what I just read and what right. that meant for humanity. It was really thought-provoking and quite controversial for me personally, and I really loved the experience. Yeah, it was it was definitely that. It was it was amazing, and it had a lot of good ideas. Well, good points, uh, I would say. Um, and and I want to part of that book actually really blew my mind. Yeah, go for it. The part where it actually doubted what makes us humans. And the part where it actually questions human will, free human will, and that robots and AIs uh, could actually become as autonomous as humanity could be, and that we humans are nothing more than algorithms, which right. means if those algorithms are copied, then the other robot is essentially human, which somehow blew my mind off. Like, dude, I'm an algorithm, man. Like, right. I, I don't even have free will. And that part that I really got extremely uh, preoccupied with it almost a whole night. I was up trying to think about this matter. And that was about the concept of free will. Oh, and yeah. There is no such thing as free will and that everything we desire, I mean, right, whatever we do, even right now with this podcast we're doing, it is all originated in our genes and it's just yeah. a means of expressing those genetic desires and nothing more than that. And if there's no such thing as free will. And of course, it's sharp criticism of humanism and how it'll be changed and uh, uh, transformed into dataism was really unbelievable for me. It's, uh, precisely, and I do agree with you. We can have a whole episode on free will because, and we can talk about this. But uh, one of uh, the first people who made me completely like there is always this question of free will flying around, but I never gave it a much of a thought, uh, at least not seriously, until uh, one time that I came across this gentleman named Sam Harris. I don't, I don't know if you know him, but uh, uh, I think you sent me a link to his podcast yeah. or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Or so. So he has a very, very tiny book. It's basically a very short essay uh, on his idea, so similar to what uh, Noah, uh, Yuval Noah Harari talks about, um, why we don't have a free will for, for the, basically the same reasons. But we can have an episode entirely on that because it's a, such an interesting uh, subject. Uh, so I'm going to blow past it. But I agree with you. Um, and another thing in this, in this book that I uh, personally really enjoyed was the fact that he mentions, okay, this based on where we've come from and the trend that we are seeing, this is, the well, these are the possibilities of a future, but I am not in the business of prediction because what good is knowing what the future is look, uh, looking like, uh, might look like if we can't actually change it? So his point wow. is, 
we can change this and we should change the parts that we don't like adapting to what we want. Uh, it, it was it was a very mind-blowing book. Uh, so at a point, as you mentioned, I'm uncomfortable. You had to actually take a minute or two to, you know, let it uh, sit down. Yes, the material. Yeah, uh, but but definitely recommend it. Um, and, and uh, yeah, definitely recommend it. And I'm going to give you some, like, the tweaks here. Uh, while we all know Homo sapiens being humans, he named the book, uh, title, entitled the book Homo Dios, Dios being God, meaning, well, humans who are basically becoming gods. Which is exactly. interesting. <clears throat> Anyways, do you have anything else about this book uh, before we move on to the next one? Well, first of all, uh, I myself did not read Homo Sapiens, the author's first book, before I read Homo Dios. But right. actually, immediately after that, I actually purchased the book and the audiobook. And uh, after I finished, I'm actually uh, in the process of finishing the book that I'm going to recommend as well to our audience, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad 20th Anniversary Edition, which I'm currently reading and rereading and finishing to hopefully post a review soon on social media. Right. And after this book, I actually want to start reading that Homo Sapiens as well, because uh, that's one of the books that uh, Bill Gates also recommended from the same author. And I did not read that book. So when I first started reading Homo, Homo Deus, I did not know the style of the author, mm-hmm. nor uh, was I familiar with his approach. And of course, after, later on, I realized that he expressed a lot of the similar things in his first book as well. Right. But for me, Homo Deus, really, what is what is all about it's understanding who we are as humans, questioning our humanity, and the, whether or not we are superior to other animals, right. and whether or not uh, the things that we have, the position that we have in the world today, is simply as a result of a mutation that occurred millions of years ago in our head, in our brains, that led to the formation of prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And everything else was the creation of that part that made us separate from humans. and. For so long, I wanted to understand the difference between what made us humans more successful than animals. Because a great part of the book actually addresses this issue. Like It talks about why is it that humanity became the dominant form of basically uh, life on Earth. Why we go to butcher and we get the meat of chicken and not chickens go to their chickens butcher and get human meat, right? <laughs> right, right. And because of that, and, and, and the, the answer really shocked me a lot because ultimately it was all about the ability of sharing information. Because we humans can share information from person to person through language and from generation to generation thanks to the creation of paper and writing systems. Right. And that ultimately transformed humanity completely. And uh, w- that was really exciting. Like, I felt really great at that moment. Like, dude, we are, we are humans. We can do this thing. And then I learned that, unfortunately, artificial intelligence will do to humans what humans did to animals. And then, boom, my whole world the house of cards came trump uh, you know tumbling down and it was like a real you know tough wake-up call but quite necessary of course because that's part of the future of humanity it's part right. of our evolution and we can't escape it yeah well that's true and uh, j- just to unfold a little bit why that's true if we take this premise that uh, all our superiority is basically because of our uh, higher intelligence and the fact that we can share information way easier or perhaps we can and animals can't so much um, um, and that makes us more powerful then if you go to the next generations being the machines artificial intelligence etc this ch- exchange of information is the orders of magnitudes faster because of the nature of them being um, electric circuits not chemical uh, reactions and and also the intelligence is orders of magnitudes larger again because there's no we had this skull that was 
a certain size, it couldn't be bigger, but that's there's no such limitation for for uh, machines. Not, exactly. Not getting into details, but that's basically the concept where this book touches. <clears throat> and also another per, uh, perk about uh, this this author, Yuval Noah Harari, he's actually a historian, and his uh, he's a PhD. I had no idea he was a historian, man. Yeah. I didn't read his biography. Yeah, he's a he's he has a PhD in 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 history, and he actually was a prof. I forgot in which university, but he's a professor. Um, but, Pretty amazing guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's he's an interesting fella. The reason I'm getting get, getting too much information about him is because the next book that I'm going to talk about is also from him, which I actually started, haven't finished yet, uh, called Twenty One Lessons for This Twenty First Century," which is his latest book. He wow. Yeah, he he talks about one of the things that he talks about uh, in terms of challenges is the technological challenges that we as we talked about the political challenges, and so many more, which I haven't gotten to, and I don't intend to talk a lot about it because I haven't finished the book, but um, I, I started it and I enjoyed it a lot. I was like, I have to talk about it uh, on this podcast a little, so people Definitely. Can, yeah. <clears throat> I myself actually have, the, have plans to buy the book very soon. I haven't read it myself, so I'd like to actually go ahead and tell us a little bit about the structure of the book. Is that like any way in, uh, similar to the previous two books? Homo sapiens and Homo deus, or it's a completely different structure of writing. Uh, well, it's it's well, I haven't read Homo sapiens actually uh, yet. Yeah, it's it's similar in terms of uh, language of writing, but it it breaks down the book in se separate parts that are mm -hmm. sort of uh, separate, like uh, separate topics, but also sort of uh, relevant, uh, connected. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read. So it's it it, it involves five parts. And I'm going to read the That's title right. of the part. Because I haven't finished the book, I can't really uh, comment personally on this. So I'm going to mm -hmm. go and read the title of the parts so you have an idea. So the first That's part right. is the technological challenges. And it has subsections, obviously. Uh, then the second part is the political challenges with subsections. The third part right. is despair and hope. Uh, fourth mm -hmm. is truth. And the fifth is resilience. Wow. Quite interesting. Yeah. And well, I, I can't wait to... Uh, keep reading this book. Finish the book. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Definitely going to give it a shot as well. Yeah, this is his latest book. I believe it came out a few months ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It, definitely awesome. And again, as, as you mentioned, this book is also uh, uh, recommended by Bill Gates, which is one of my favorite uh, book recommenders. He's very good. <laughs> like he... It, it, when he recommends books online to everybody, it's as if he's recommending them to me. I'm like, this is amazing. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I think uh, I didn't follow one of his uh, posts. It was uh, very, very amazing. And he recommended actually five books uh, this year, I remember, yeah. on his yeah. account. And one of the books that he had recommended for everybody was indeed uh, this book, The 21 Lessons for 21st Century. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's correct. I'm trying to find what the other books were. Do, in the meantime, do you have any books you want to talk about? Of course, I would like to recommend right away to all of our listeners the book that I really enjoyed, especially if you're into politics or understanding the current global system. Uh, I loved the book uh, Fear, Trump in the White House by Bob Woodward. And this book really was quite unbelievable when you read how the president of the United States could be so friggin' dumb and so haphazard when it comes to making, basically, decisions. So... I highly recommend everybody to actually uh, check out this book, uh, basically Fear, Trump at the White House, because this is going to, of course, this book itself, I think, 
allowed the Democrats to gain back the House of Representatives during this election. And of course, hopefully, if more people read this book, hopefully, probably Trump will be a one-term president. And by 2020, he will actually not be able to win the next uh, election, hopefully. And this book is highly, highly recommended to everybody out there. And from my perspective, if you want to really improve your perspective on world politics, then definitely try Fear from the White, uh, Trump in the White House uh, by Bob Woodward. And here I'm seeing, by the way, the list of his books, Army of None, Educated, there we Bad go. Blood, and I don't know the fifth one, actually. Uh, yeah, so Educated, Army of None, Bad Blood, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, and The Headspace Guide to Meditation and Mindfulness, which is not my thing, because I don't believe that guys should do that, quite frankly speaking. Okay. So I, yeah. I, I go for the first I, four. I, I do recognize that you don't believe that people, <laughs> guys need to do meditation. And I, I, because you had a, a post, I think, in the Exactly, Instagram. Not, not long ago about right. this. That's right. Uh, we're going to actually have a topic to talk about this, because I, I do differ in, in, in beliefs in a little bit about uh, what you believe in. I but would that's, be that's, more than glad. To that would be amazing. Yeah, so we, we leave that for a future episode. That's good. Another Let's Talk we, edition. We, we are finding a lot of topics. That's good. Amazing. So, yeah, that, those were the, the five books that you just mentioned, were the Bill Gates uh, holiday book. Uh, recommendations. So. Well, let me recommend them all one more time. Educated by Tara Westover, mm -hmm. Army of None by Paul Scharr, Bad Blood by John Carriero, and of course, you mentioned 21 Lessons for the 21st Century by Yuval Noah Harari, as well as The Headspace Guide to Meditation and Mindfulness by Andy uh, Potacombe. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so this is this is Bill Gates, and we move back. So you, talk, you were talking about uh, Fear by Bob Woodward. Um, so I read the book too, and one of the things. So I'm very interested in um, ancient, like uh, Roman Republic and Roman Empire era history, and I and I do a little bit of reading on that quite quite often. While I was reading Fear, it it was as if I'm reading those books. Is as if as oh, if I'm reading times in history in the minds of uh, Julius Caesar or anything like that. I was like, this is... And I couldn't, I was terrified and, and it was hilarious at the same time. I could not find my feelings. Uh, it was a very unsettling, but at the same time, very interesting um, uh, book by Bob Woodward, definitely. Um, on that note, there's also another book. Uh, it's more generic. It doesn't talk about Trump's White House. It does talk about Trump, but it's a little bit more generic and the book is called how democracies die by Stephen levitsky and daniel ziblatt uh, they're both professors at harvard a political scientist i believe um and their area of study and research uh, individually is uh, in you know fall of the uh, dem uh, democracies all over the world from uh, central and southern americas to europe um and, and they, they talk about what are the main factors of fall of democracies and what are the things that we need to look at for and whether uh, American democracy is in danger or not. In a nutshell, the answer is yes, but it also obviously elaborates. One question, one question. Is it in danger or is it already, because you're saying, uh, you know, the, the collapse and the end yeah. of the democracies or is it just... Uh, the endangerment of democracy? So, Which so, one is the... So the here? book talks about... Uh, a trend, it, it basically a, tr a trend of where it starts from crumbling down. What are the signs that it is in danger, and what happens that it actually goes off the rail? Uh, in general, when when it comes to American democracy, it doesn't say it, the, the suggestion of the authors is that it's not 
over yet. It's not dead yet. We obviously have democracy. And by the way, this came out uh, February 2018. I'm not quoting their opinion now because it might have changed. Um, it was almost a year ago. Probably after what they saw with the election, probably changed their mind or well, something. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, it came out nine, ten months ago after Trump's election, though. Uh, but so at that point, their opinion is that, no, this is not dead. We have a lot of time. Uh, we have a lot of hope to actually, you know, save the democracy in, Amer in America. But it is definitely in danger. And um, there are some characteristics. They, they have studied demagogues and, and, and dictators around the world, uh, recent dictators. And I'm talking about past World War II. Um, or from thereabouts onwards, and they 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 have created sets of characteristics which any of them could could suggest that this person has those uh, uh, you know uh, characteristics of being a demagogue, a dictator, and definitely Trump checks out pretty much all of those boxes, unfortunately. Or whatever. wow. So so yes, they are. But we are we're all hoping that he's going to be a one-term president. Yeah. Well. So yeah, and hopefully democracy will not die. Yeah, well, one of the things that I want to talk about about their opinion, which it struck me the most, is that we need to be able to have conversations. Uh, like, if sides of the house or uh, you know, uh, Senate, Republicans or Democrats can't just go at each other's throat, they need to be able to have civilized conversation with each other. Sometimes sacrifice one thing for the other person. We can't just, this is in a nutshell, obviously this is more elaborate, but I'm, this was uh, one thing that struck me the most. Dude, we just saw Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer uh, had a meeting yeah. with uh, Trump and uh, basically uh, his vice president, yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot his name, Mike, what was it, Mike Pence. or something? Yeah, Mike Pence. Pence, that's right. So. Uh, Today, literally, it was like uh, it was unbelievable where we saw they were fighting at each other. And this guy, like, I'm gonna, I, I will threaten to destroy, I will <laughs> threaten to shut down the government, I yeah. will use the military to make the wall. So, yeah, I watched that too. Literally, we're seeing right now, of course, let's be honest, America has been uh, quite uh, partisan for a very, very long time, and yeah. they've been going at each other's throats for a very long time. So, it's not like right, right now, I'm thinking of like the Obama period, where yeah. we also had a shut, uh, government shutdown back then, if you remember. Yeah, uh, Obama two or three times has happened. So because of this, we need to actually have the chance to have the dialogues and the conversations. Yep. But the culture of hatred that he is promoting right now is yep. so anti-democratic that I just find uh, baffling and unbelievable. Yep. And I don't know how this guy could even get elected, but hopefully we'll see. And I really hope that democracy will not die. Yeah, well, that's, that's very true. And uh, one of the things that they actually do mention is uh, the fact that you mentioned all of this that we see this partisanship, this you know division in in our societies, it's not a new thing. It has existed. That's one of the other things that this book talks about. It's just Trump accelerated the whole process, basically. Uh, That's right. It's not, Very well. So they're saying this is not what he created, but he definitely accelerated it. Uh, anyways, moving past this book, uh, do you have anything else to? Uh, add well, on? of course, this book that I want to recommend uh, to all of our listeners is a book that I still haven't purchased myself because I'm waiting for the. Uh, Russian translation of this book because I don't want to read this book in English because I love it so much and I want to like really digest it. And this book is called The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. Oh my and, God, that's amazing. Uh, this is a very, very great book. Of course, Robert Greene is one of my uh, most uh, favorite mentors, even though I personally do not agree with him a lot, nor do I have a similar lifestyle as he does, because I think of uh, basically Robert Greene to be uh, slightly more pessimistic about humanity than optimistic. 
But of course, let's be honest, if you want to have a good perspective on life, you want to get the perspective of both sides. So you True. can't just always read books by Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins. You want to hear the perspective of the other side. And uh, because of this, this allows you to then find a middle ground between the two where things aren't just always you know, sunshine and rainbow. At the same time, they won't be exactly as uh, uh, basically dark as uh, Robert Greene portrays it. But ultimately, he actually experienced a stroke while writing yeah. this book, which shows how much stress he underwent, how much work he put into this book, which took him five years of research and uh, basically writing to do. And because of this, I highly recommend everybody. This book actually came out not long ago. came out on October 25th, I believe it was. So very amazing book and by a very great uh, and uh, bright thinker, Robert Greene. And in this book, it talks about social intelligence. Uh, of course, he promised that his next book will be about social intelligence. Once he finished the book Mastery, he t uh, told on one of his podcasts that I wanted to expand a lot more uh, on the chapters called social intelligence in, in his last book, Mastery. And uh, we knew that this book was going to be about social things, but the laws of human nature really portrays uh, and tries to give us a very solid, uh, basically, portray uh, portraying of human nature. And it's all uh, both good and bad, uh, attractive and ugly. And because of this, I think it's very educational. Of course, if you're the kind of guy who have not read books like Homo Deus, then please be prepared that you might not always like what you read. And yeah. you might even be shocked and surprised to find out the stuff that you hear. But ultimately, it's a very great book that came out recently. And I highly recommend it to everybody as a great holiday gift for yourself or your loved ones. Yeah, I, it's, it's a thick book too, just so you know. I, I started it, I haven't finished it. I'm around 15% in. And one of, the, one of the things that is nobody wants to hear, but it's really true, is that none of us are rational by nature. Exactly. <laughs> we are not born rational. Which, it, it goes hard work and sweat and blood to make yourself a relatively rational being. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's, it's the major one of the major themes of the book, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, precisely. Thus far, as, as, at least as I've read it. But uh, in general, yeah, I, I really like his. This is the the first book I'm reading from him. I always followed him on Twitter. I was uh, receiving his quotes and all that, but I've never read a book uh, from him. This is the first book I'm reading uh, from um, from Robert Greene. An amazing book so far. Um, and the next book that I want to talk about, which is my my personal final book as a recommendation is a relatively short book by Stephen Hawking, the late Stephen Hawking, before he actually passed out. He wrote this book as his final contribution to humanity, I suppose you can say, um, called Brief uh, Answers to the Big Questions by Stephen Hawking. Um, the, the way it was uh, introduced is that uh, Stephen Hawking mentions that I always got these uh, questions, these so-called big questions uh, asked of me, and I decided to basically write a relatively short answer to these big questions as a, in, a, in a book. So I'm going to read you the titles of these 10 questions that he selected wow. and briefly answered. And the, answer, the questions are, is there a God? How did, all, how did it all begin? Is there other intelligent life in the universe? Can we predict the future? What is inside a black hole? Is time travel possible? Will we survive on Earth? Should we colonize space? Will artificial intelligence outsmart us? How do we shape the future? Is the last one. And um, it's a quite an incredible book. He attempts wow. to 
uh, answer each and every one of these questions, not based on what he feels, like not a gut feeling or anything, but rather following a, s a set of logics and some understanding of what we have of the world and he has of the world uh, scientifically and following that uh, line of logic to answer these questions briefly. Um, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, the book that I want to recommend now, of course, it was published in 2017, but I think it's going to be very useful now because we are soon about to enter uh, a basically economic crisis in the West, North America and Europe, especially by 2020, which is why I think that having a solid understanding of financial intelligence can help all the listeners. And that book, of course, will be Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The 20th anniversary edition, which can, uh, which includes not only the original book, which was published uh, almost 21 years ago, uh, but also it adds a lot of new material to it, uh, a lot of conference material, as well as some of the new information to prove that all the stuff that we're taught uh, 21 years ago still applies today to the modern economy. And I highly recommend you guys to give it a shot because we're about to experience some, you know, uh, shock down the line. If you're right now listening, if you're uh, in the West, any part of the North America the European Union, uh, you probably, Australia even, you probably should be very careful because uh, this book can prepare yourself for the future uh, because uh, ultimately when it comes to the subject of money, a lot of people are afraid and they have a lot of fear and they don't, they don't want to take risks. So this book isn't just about how to become rich. It is also about how to manage your psychology in the right moments. How can you take more financial risks? How can you actually get yourself to uh, be able to uh, make take, take your life from uh, basically... Uh, a life of a rat race into a life of prosperity. And because of this, I highly recommend this to all of our listeners to give it a shot, try this book as well. And uh, Robert Kaizek, he's been very famous. Uh, he, he's been a very uh, famous and influential uh, thought leader in terms of personal finance. And his book is all-time bestseller in the field of personal finance. So definitely give it a shot. Uh, extraordinary. Yeah, I've, I've heard of this book. I haven't still uh, got around it but i've heard of this book uh, for a while now uh, classic man very famous but i, I like the 20th uh, anniversary edition because it had a lot of extra information right and it also talks about because for example in one of the chapters it talks about how uh the banks are giving five percent interest rates whereas in reality right now today in the u.s the interest rate is somewhere around 1.2 1.5 percent so yeah. things have changed dramatically and in some parts of europe now and also japan i believe the interest rates are now minus. It means that banks mm -hmm. take money from you to keep your money there. So because of these things, we are changing a shift in, in terms of uh, investments as well as uh, especially the, with the money market and all that. And all the information now is updated there and it's very, very useful. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. And also you mentioned, uh, you know, you mentioned coming to brink of a difficulty in terms of uh, Western market. Uh, can, can you elaborate why that is? Why? Uh, well, nothing is definite, but why do you think that's, well, first of all, this was predicted by Robert almost uh, yeah. five years ago, because mm -hmm. let's be honest, in all businesses and all the economies, we have cycles right. and cycles usually in, in the world hit the eastern countries and the eastern sites first, and then it moves towards west. For example, the first crisis that hit began basically hit after the, of course, we had the 2007, 2008 crisis. The mortgage crisis, basically. Mm -hmm. And then about 2000 and uh, around 14 or so, we had a major crisis in Western Europe uh, with, like, uh, for example, uh, countries like, uh, Af for example, Greece, where they could not make their payments. Right. And then, of course, Russia had a major crisis after, uh, you know, 
attacking Ukraine and what, whatnot. So we don't know exactly about the politics behind all of this. What, what do we know is that the crises do happen regularly and mm-hmm. uh, recurrently. And the U.S. has expected to actually go into a, an economic recession. Of course, it's not, a, it's not a very difficult thing to somehow fathom, given the fact that Trump right now is uh, under a very, very fast and tremendous run trying to get the economy back on track uh, in the short term. But of course, the long-term costs will be quite uh, basically haphazard. So Donald Trump has a lot to do with that economic crisis that will uh, hit the West by 2020. But of course, uh, there's many other factors, including the very cyclical nature of business, which is happening all the time. Therefore, it's just part of business. And I don't really think we should be worried about it. Okay. We just got to be prepared for it and know that's going to happen. And by improving our financial IQ, as well as our emotional intelligence with respect to money, we'll be prepared to deal with such crises when they arrive. All right. Fair enough. That's, uh, that's good to know. All right. Um, any other books that you want to talk about? Well, so far, these are the major books that I recommend right now. Okay. Uh, from my perspective, are very important because we're going to recommend a lot of books to our listeners. But what I recommend more than anything else to all of our listeners is not which book to read, but to start reading books. Let's be honest. Like books, I mean, today in one of our seminars, we just talked about this literally today uh, and how people are uh, not reading so much these days because of social media and all the distractions. And we talked about the fact that we can actually find other ways to read books, whether it's ebooks or audiobooks or a combined approach or even apps. Sometimes there are some apps now that summarize certain books. There's a great service called The Mentor Box, where it's kind of like the Netflix for books, where they invite uh, the authors in and they interview them. And then they allow, with $7 a month or something, and actually listen to their entire interview teaching their books to the uh, uh, basically audience in a video format. So there are many ways to educate you, there are many ways to read books. But you got to please get off that goddamn TV and, I don't know, play a little bit less Call of Duty or Legend. What was that? Some Legend of Legends or whatever of Legends. Legend, Legend of Legend. Zelda? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Rise of Legend. These all these bullshit strategic games that are now popular. People literally waste. Oh, their League of Legends. Lives. Right, right. What's that? League of Legends. League of Legends, man. They, they literally right. wake up at midnight trying to fucking get their goddamn soldiers to, I don't know, eat some shit and attack the enemy. Dude. You got to conquer the real world, baby. And if you want to conquer the real world and have your legend and have your empire, then you better try to improve your knowledge because those who have the information have the power. This is the way it is, man. And uh, because of this, you want to instill in yourself and your friends the uh, basically uh, habit of reading. And I think this holiday seasons uh, will be wonderful for this purpose, right? Literally giving a gift as a book to your friend or family members or loved ones. You will let them, uh, you will share the culture of reading, and this will expand and improve the quality of your life as well as your loved ones. Extraordinary. And speaking of artificial intelligence, there is a, there's a service by Google called Talk to Books. You can basically type something, like a question or whatever, very generic, obviously, not something specific. I mean, you can try, but it's uh, not necessary. So what it does, it reads the question, understands the question to a d- degree, and goes, reads thousands of books in a matter of seconds, and then introduces wow. some quotes from some books, and then tells you which book it is from. So you That's can actually, amazing. What's yeah, it called? Talk to Books. Talk to Books. It's a new Google server, server, service. Yeah. Well, I don't know how old it is, but it's definitely not that old. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, is it like a free service, or oh, is it yeah. like a paid service? No, no. It's, uh, it's free. It's free. Well, Google Google steals all of our fucking information, so they better like yeah. not have charged. <laughs> Come on, guys. No, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's amazing. So sometimes sometimes you have a subject in mind or something in mind. That's uh, why I find it useful. 
you don't know where nice to go check out talk to books at google yeah yeah it's actually quite interesting nice. uh, at least it's interesting for the fun of it uh, if you if it, it's, nice. if it's useful to uh, to you adopt it but i agree with you it's a, it's a very important thing i think uh, beside the fact that it teaches you a lot of stuff, uh, introduces you to different opinions, makes your mind open to various uh, topics and opinions of other people, what they what the uh, understanding of the world is. Um, beyond that, what it does, it always engages your cognitive ability, um, which is a good thing because we always want to be able to improve our cognition as well. So, um, yeah, I would highly recommend... And we, we mainly talk about nonfiction, and my personal favorites are nonfiction. But I, I, I think fictions are good too, on, 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 uh, on occasion at least, uh, because it introduces us to different ideas and opinions in terms of literature. And that is on its own amazing. So it's not like we're, we're particularly against uh, fiction. It's just like my personal favorite, and I believe Dan's as well, because he wants to exactly. learn stuff, uh, is nonfiction. Um, yeah. And any any final words on, on this topic? As we already mentioned, guys, uh, nonfiction reading is very different than fiction reading. Of course, reading right. fiction is obviously better than not reading at all, as unfortunately is the case with most people these days, unfortunately. But obviously, reading fiction is entertainment. And of course, I one of my friends said that some of the best lessons he learned were through fi- basically uh, works of uh, fiction. Right. And I agree completely because there are a lot of things that cannot be taught you know, in a lecture format. So I am not at all against reading fiction. I do believe that you should find certain books that you do, you somehow do know that there are some great content in it. I was highly recommend to read the, the basically uh, fiction, the work of fiction Fountainhead, which had a movie about it as well, I believe. And I believe you once gave me the movie. I remember, uh, Pujix, you gave me the movie Fountainhead. You lent it to me, I remember, uh, a while back, a long time ago. Well, yeah, I don't remember that, but okay. <laughs> and that there's a there's a great book. Of course, it's a very thick book, probably one thousand five hundred pages long or something. But it was a great uh, work of fiction. Uh, but generally, we're not against uh, basically works of fiction. And I myself, I'm reading a great book, the book Witcher, uh, which is uh, about this uh, cool hero of mine that I like basically. And so I do read fiction myself from time to time. I'm not against it. However. Reading nonfiction is probably now the best way to actually improve your knowledge and to become someone who's capable of achieving more and accomplishing more in life. So I highly recommend everybody uh, who's currently listening. Of course, it's great that you're if you're a podcast listener, then you can be an audiobook listener as well. So why don't you try to actually listening to your podcast as well as audiobooks while driving? Turn your car into a university on wheels and try to take in uh, benefits. I just ask uh, our basically attendants of the workshop today, I asked them, what's the average time you spend behind wheels? And they said on average two hours per day. Do you understand if you listen to audiobooks two hours per day for a year, you would pass like two university semesters or something. It, was, it would be crazy how much information you can learn by just listening to audiobooks while driving. So do not limit yourself to these paper editions. The books that we recommended and the books that you would like to read in the future, they don't have to be read necessarily with paper. And you can actually uh, listen to those uh, audiobooks. There are many various websites like Audible that provide uh, the audio versions of these books that you can listen to while driving, while jogging, while moving around, while flying. It's all going to help you a lot. So don't limit yourself to one way. And if you didn't like reading in the past, don't worry, because I didn't like reading in the past either. But now I'm a fan. Ultimately, we can always develop and build the habit of reading in order to become better people and to achieve and accomplish a lot more in life. I agree with you. And again, if you're one of those people who think I, I can't read, it's not my thing, 
that's exactly who I was a few years ago. And I don't know, five, 10 years ago or whatever. Both so, of us. Both yeah. And we, yeah, we both were not heavy readers until probably, of course, I began reading a little bit earlier, thanks to the influence of uh, basically uh, uh, Brian Tracy. But I was not a reader in my teens and early 20s. I just had to eventually learn this after having been influenced by Brian Tracy in my business, uh, basically the immersion program. So it's very, very important. You can learn a habit and it will improve your chances of success and happiness in all areas of life because your life is nothing more than a series of decisions that you make on a daily basis. And reading will allow you to improve the quality of your decisions and with it, the quality of your life. And now I can't live without a book uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and I do agree with you, different mediums, some people are auditory people like to listen. Uh, I, I use different things for different reasons. Sometimes I use uh, Kindle versions, uh, like the electronic ones. Sometimes I use the paperbacks. I Sometimes I use the audio. Sometimes I use actually both. I use audio and the paperback or, or the physical book. Um, That's what I love to do, especially when I'm, because now, as I mentioned earlier, I nowadays do not read a lot in English because I have to, because I work, basically my life is all in English and stuff. So I need to actually put in some time for my other languages. So for that reason, I actually nowadays read only in Russian, basically. And right, for right. this reason, I need both the audiobooks and the text so I can actually read the books and have a language practice as well. But ultimately, if you really want to get the most out of your book and your experience of reading a book, try to engage all of your three senses. That is, try to, if you have an, a paper edition, try to highlight the most important parts of the book. And this allows you to remember a lot more, retain a lot more information. And also, if you like, uh, you're like uh, Pujuk and I, you can actually try to listen to the audio version of the book while reading it simultaneously. And this will tremendously improve your retention of what you are reading. Precisely. And uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, people's argument is that, okay, books are expensive and all that. Obviously, that's true. But two points. First of all, there are public libraries that you can rent uh, these books or audiobooks um and secondly as one of my uh, uh both of us uh, our mentors say grant cardone the best investment is in yourself like, absolutely that's that's the first and the best investment you, that you can make don't think of it as uh, as something like throwing money into trash or whatever if you pick your books uh you know on, on a uh, on a on a, understand like you understand the book that you're buying. You're just not randomly walking to a bookstore grabbing one book. You're like, okay, let me see what this book is about, and you you think it's useful for you. That's the best investment you can make. Don't uh, don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you, we can well. I I stopped buying video games and started buying um, books. I have nothing against video games, by the way. I love them to death. Either I uh, really you should have balance basically, and uh, but it depends on how you use it. I mean, I am yeah. against using video games for the sake of just fucking wasting your time. I mean, I myself now, I'm using now video games to practice different languages. That's very useful. Of course, I do it only once a week because of, because of lack of time. I have this one day a week where I have to like play some for a couple of hours, immersion stuff. But generally, a video game will not change your life, let's be honest. But a book can change your entire destiny for the rest of your life. Right now, when I look at certain books that change my life dramatically, I can't even believe how my life would have been different if I had not read those books. So you rarely will have the experience where you will change your life by, uh, by a movie or by a video game or by an app. But books do have the potential to change your life forever. And because of this, they're highly recommended. So try to stick with the culture of reading. And this will never, ever uh, basically become a serious issue for those of you who might not necessarily like to read because eventually you'll get used to it and you actually start loving it the way we 
Pujas and I started doing it. And now we can't live without it. So you can try the same thing and your life will never be the same again. All right, Dan, as always, thank you for joining with uh, joining as me. As always, talking. man, a pleasure to be here with you talking with yep. such an amazing, intelligent thinker like yourself. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you guys, as always, joining us. I hope you go grab a couple of these books. And uh, until later, have a good one.